Okay, let's try this again. There we go. And Captain Sox. Hello, everyone. And the Bruce. Is here. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce and the Yang. Hello, future people. Are you again listening to Getting Tabled, episode 13, with your host, The Bruce? Hey, it's me. And a captain that we call Socks. That's me, and according to Bruce, I'm captain of all the socks, even if they're not clean. Wait, you're, you're what? According to my He's captain title, of Bruce. all of the socks, regardless of cleanliness. There you go. Oh, okay. Last episode, it was the king of all socks, regardless of color. Oh, so now it's cleanliness. Yes. I just, just change Clean- things up occasionally. Gotcha. And of course, I am George. We don't have a cool nickname for me yet because I'm still not cool enough to have a cool nickname. Um, yeah, well, you so- was the Yank, but then there's two of you. So Yeah, and that's just too much yanking. I mean. Exactly. Phrasing. No. <laughs> um back to regular scheduled programming um and when we say regular scheduled programming we're meaning hopefully that a uh, uh, timely um release of episodes again thank you for uh letting us uh enter your ears with our our, our things and stuff that doesn't sound right uh let, let, let's let's change that topic really quick and, and get into something else Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. So, Bruce, what is this? Okay, so the first thing I brought up is Badger, as in the airbrush company, have released a new day th- a new 3D printer specifically designed Sorry, a, a new primer specifically designed for 3D printers. Uh, not only does it help fill in the usual print lines, but the pictures that I shared in the thing actually include their durability test, uh, which involved that basically they 3D printed some bolts, then painted them with their new paint, and then screwed them up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down to make sure that the paint wasn't going to come back off. And they also 3D printed nuts. Yes. We can't forget the nuts. Yeah. I didn't include all the pictures because they've done it with not just PLA but ABS and everything as well. Um, There's also pictures of the top where you can see the lines um, far more and how it's been filled in, but... This could make those with cheaper 3D printers a lot happier. Yeah, because, I mean, that is the one thing that's, you know, you get the, 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 the print lines unless you have a very high-end 3D printer, which means you're very poor because you have a very high-end 3D printer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, this is great because uh, I got some uh, 3D modeled printed uh, Star Wars Legion terrain. I've been trying to figure out how to uh, reduce the, the print lines for when I actually paint them. So I'll have to look into this some more. Well, and maybe not just for 3D printing in its own, but for other applications of, of hobbying, like uh, c- 
covering up some of the lines on a uh, polystyrene foam, you know, that you're using for yeah. uh, terrain, you know, to help, you know, smooth it, you know, give it more of a, a more natural feel and stuff. Like, yeah, you can see that styrofoam under all that paint. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. Not all my ideas are bad. No, just your bad. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, very interesting primer. Um, next, uh, there's a couple of names that we should all recognize. If you don't recognize, uh, you're young, apparently, and don't pay attention. Um, <clears throat> we have rules for a Judge Dread. Yeah, Judge Dredd's coming back to the tabletop. I say back because there was actually another game four or five years ago that never really took off by a different company. Um, but Warlord Miniatures have the rights to the license now, uh, which is two, 3000 AD or something. I forget the name of the actual law. Um, yeah, which is literally about to come out. There's a preview pack that you can buy on Warlord Miniatures' website right now that includes a street judge, not the important street judge, just a street judge, uh, and two block gangers because you need somebody for him to kill because that's Arrest. the only way it's going to happen. I'm kind, of co- I'm kind of excited to see Judge Dredd to come back again. Hopefully it picks up better than the original game did, which, again, was a different yeah, so, and what's really cool about this is, as this article starts off with, written by Industry Legends. Like I said, if you do not know these names, you've not been in this hobby long enough, uh, Gav Thorpe and Andy Chambers. Um, yeah. Those guys have done so much for this game. Uh, Gav has written numerous novels uh, off the uh, for the uh, Warhammer uh, 40K and uh, 30K um, uh, fan lore. And Andy Chambers uh, created Battlefleet Gothic and helped Dave Lewis create uh, Drop Zone, uh, not Drop, Drop Fleet Commander, Fleet. and other and other things. So I mean, these these guys have been around the block a few times and, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, in the case of Andy Chambers, he created uh, yeah a little game that we're fairly familiar with. We might have talked about it once or twice, um, and just continues going from strength to strength. Uh, next up, Slave to Gaming are releasing some Aussie Korean War minis, um, which is unexpected, um, given that it was only two episodes ago I was saying that Australian minis don't really exist. I mean, not don't exist, but not from not from the main not from the main companies at least anyway. So for those that are into their historical gaming and want to have a bit of a look at North and South Korea, you've got some options now. The um, paint jobs in the pictures are not the best paint jobs. They look very rushed, but the minis themselves look rather nice. You know, I'd put I'd put uh, minis like that on the table. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool, especially with bringing in the Korean War factor. Not too many games yeah. out there that that's set on that time period in the historical it, war setting. It is it is quite literally the forgotten war because everyone forgets about that. You know, it's like there something happened between World War II and Vietnam. Yeah, true. And the, this next article is kind of more of a heads up at this particular stage. Last year, Badger Airbrushes celebrated their owner's 55th birthday 
by having a huge sale. Like a whole heap of their airbrush line was on sale for $55. Uh, and it was very, very successful. Apparently, there was something the year before as well, but I don't really know the details of that one. Uh, I just know the details of last year's because I was upset that I missed out. <laughs> um, well, of course. Yeah. Badger actually have reached out to their community on their official Facebook page looking for ideas on how to celebrate bigger and better this year. Um so I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that we're going to see some insane sale prices again. Uh, this is going to be taking place in around three months' time. Um, so if you're in the market for an airbrush and would like one that's not a complete piece of garbage, uh, I'd very much recommend following Badger's official Facebook page so that you can find out when the sale actually happens. Um, Ken's a great guy, by the way. If you ever want to reach out for customer service, Ken is the owner of the company. He's the guy that actually helped me get my airbrush fixed. Um, if you're in the US, they even do an aftermarket uh, free warranty service stuff. You can literally send your airbrush in and they will just fix it for you themselves. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, I'll point this out. So last year, you know, it was 55th birthday, so it was a $55 sale. So this is can only get better for Badger because, you know, he's going to be 56, so $56 sale. You know, they're, they're not going to start losing money on their sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, Facebook.com slash Badger Air, by the way, is the Facebook page. But... Yeah, I mean, I've been using Badger airbrushes for quite a while. Um, I've not really hidden the fact that I like their product. Um, they're definitely up there with the likes of your Awadas and your other high-end ones. Uh, I mean, if you want to get a cheap Rex, one, you can. But stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. They're American-made for those that are really fussed about that side of things. Um, small company, do good things. Going back to the uh, that 3D prime paint, they actually have some pictures on their Facebook page. If you scroll down, yeah, and it can show some before pictures of before it's painted and afterwards, and that's actually pretty good with how smooth that is after that spray time. Yeah, it is really good. I just didn't include the pictures for everything because we would have run out of space in the document. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Yeah, well, ne- next on your list there, Bruce, is a uh, zombie side second edition. Yeah, Seamon are going to Kickstarter for their forty for their fortieth Kickstarter now. So my mission, my initial, and this is their biggest property. My first question is the very cynical: Why are people still backing these? There's zero reason for for Seamon to still be on Kickstarter. They are a huge company at this point, but I digress. Um, Zombie Side is a is a fun game. Um, I don't own it quite deliberately uh, because I don't have time for it. Um, I have a friend that owns it, so I don't really feel the need to buy it myself. Um, but, yeah, second edition is finally here after, I'm going to say, five years. I'm, I'm not actually 100% sure on that. Um, so so I'll tell you why they're probably still doing uh, a Kickstarter to do, you know, do something when they are a large company is – well, no. D- then they don't have to plan and budget the overhead from their normal sales to launch a new product. They can just get everyone to cough the money up front and then launch the product and not affect any of their day-to-day operations of setting aside, in this case, quarter million dollars, where, and whereas now they've got $1.2 million 
So they've exceeded what they would need, and they haven't had to affect their operating budget at all. Yeah, I know. But in the case of this, Zombicide is a game that literally prints money, even after they've earned millions of dollars every single time it goes under Kickstarter. Um, I'm cynical about it because there's a lot of companies on that platform that don't need to be there. And the result is that the little guys trying to make their business that get get flattened need to be there get missed because companies like this are exploiting the system. And I I am I'm calling them out on it. I I think they are exploiting the system. Um, Mantic Games are almost as bad for it, but they're not as bad as Simon. Um, and Mantic Games have already turned around and said that they're going to stop exploiting it. Um, they're only going there for new properties, which is more fair, I feel. Yeah, so <clears throat> someone donated a bunch of Zombicide stuff to uh, my FLGS a couple years ago, and you know, we looked at it, and we are just like, meh. I think it is I've played fun. It once, like, and I, yeah, I think I've played it once. And yeah, it is a pretty fun game, but I'm not too much into the zombie apocalypse-style games myself. Yeah, I mean the, the issue well, with because you're running run training drills, training drills, training drills on uh, how to fight it on a uh, biannual basis, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the issue with the original zombie sides is they do feel very empty. It's not till the later ones that they really pick up uh, and improve a few things. So you may find that that happens here as well. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, Zombicide has essentially been copied by that many board games now that if you pull out Zombicide and you haven't played it before, you'll feel like it's copied everything else when it's actually the other way around. Like Most of the games that come out on Kickstarter are being influenced by this in one way or another. Ghostbusters is basically a copy and paste of the game rules, um, for example. Which is not their fault. They had a formula that worked. And that happens in board games quite a lot. Now, the next thing here I'm quite interested in because, one, they've, ooh, they, they do some really great stuff uh, with paint. And I am, I am thoroughly interested. Uh, little uh, Spanish company, I believe it's Spanish, um, Green Stuff World, they are releasing um, ruins. Like, Yep, Elvik and Dwarven runes. So the Dwarven ones are obviously the ones that you want. You're not going to be interested in the hairdresser rune. Well, I do have an Eldar army that I discovered, so. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I have Eldar, too. Only a very small amount of them, though. Uh, you probably got about the same amount I do. No, no, I've only got some certain minis that are very new. We'll talk about them later. Okay. Um, what is it? It looks like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve wow. different. So it's very limited. I mean, half of a an alphabet, but still, you can yeah. do some pretty cool thing. I mean, if you really wanted to, um, if you really wanted to push it, you could probably try to cut bits off and add bits on. And but when if you're doing that, then you may as well have just you know drawn your own to begin with. Um, they're perfect scale for your regular minis. They're about two to three millimeters in size. You get 300 of them, but there's 12 different styles. So they have a dwarf or Viking theme one, and they have an Elvish theme one as well. 
Actually, one thing I didn't look at is the price. Uh, they're five five sixty a year. Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. So yeah, you're looking at six seven bucks for for that. So that's that's not too bad. I, I'd be adding it to an order of other things because you will have postage to be paying on this as well. Uh, the postage from Green Stuff World is actually fairly reasonable, um, but I'd be making an order that even for you makes the order worthwhile. The, but I don't the, really the, have the, an army that the postage oh, well, is I reasonable I could use the open ones, but... Oh yeah, they're actually reasonable for me. There's also some new special mini goodness. Salamanders Spesh and Imperial mini. Fists are finally getting some love. After, although we knew this was coming, but how long has it been since either of those armies have got any attention? It's been years. Mm, it's been a while, yeah. I want to know. I don't play any GW stuff. Neither do I at the moment. I own some of it, though. I mean, in theory, you I have, have rats. In theory, I have Kill Team. In theory, I have Age of Sigma. And I now, in theory, have some Eldar from 40K, but I don't play any of them. That makes it worse. Okay, and the the link you posted is in is in your money, so yes, um, yeah. And I went to change it, and yeah, because it wasn't up on your websites at the time when I done this. Probably because of a uh, time shift. Yep, we live in the future. You do. Um, first of all, I'm I'm slightly blown away at the prices. And and we'll continue to harp about these prices because this is ridiculous. So 147 yeah. Australian dollars for a mini, a deck of cards, and a book. And it's $120 in the United States. The minis alone are $70 in the in, in Australia. So ridiculous. Um the infiltrators are up, the new repulsor, which is um essentially an El Camino. Yeah. On tabletop, all beasts of war was kind of going on about that yesterday. What that it's like an El Camino? Yeah, and that the, they don't they hate the gravity, and I'm kind of with them on this. They they hate the anti grab stuff, um, just because in the world of 40k humans, it makes absolutely no sense that they would have been able to do this. So what I'm curious about is is this a cheap? When I say cheap, I mean is it a Points cheap, effective troop transport for Primaris now, finally. Uh, that would be my assumption, but I don't know the points of it yet. I don't know if it's been announced. I doubt it. Um, Look at going the back to your price I mean, argument, by the way, it's 40 US dollars, the minis, um, which is 56 Australian dollars. So there is the markup there, but it's not as bad as some of the other ones we've spoken about. Right, but it's a single mini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not unusual for that stuff either. Look, so there's some gorgeous minis there. Um, out of the two of them, uh, I think I'd probably prefer the Salamander one personally, just because it, it feels like it has more character over the girl I, I'm standing here in a rock guy. Um, With my power fist and my big armor, and yeah. Yeah. The Salamander at least has a big hammer. And flames. Everything's better with flames. I like the infiltrators, actually. The Primaris infiltrators look really cool. Um, the joke that was made on, on Tabletop yesterday was that these are the guys that come in to install your uh, satellite TV because they got the aerials and Why everything. 
Oh, God. <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, Actually, what otherwise I, it's I was just kind of looking. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they're posting them. Well, they've got the... Um, those guys were saying, hey, there's the librarian and the uh, Eliminators. That's what I bit was interested in from that Shadow Sphere box. Ooh, my... Oh, that... Still Australian prices. Oh, okay. Still in Australian prices. About yeah, I'm actually myself. looking at the US ones at the moment. So, yeah. Um, again, um, Bruce gets screwed on prices. Mini Sola good from uh, Games Workshop. Um, yeah. Nobody loves the Bruce. No. Nobody Can't blame them, really. The uh, next up was is uh, on Tabletop. Unbox... Uh, Marvel, Marvel Crisis, Crisis Protocol. Protocol. So, on Tabletop, which is what used to be Beasts of War, um, they changed their name about four months ago, roughly, because YouTube hates it when people mention the World War and you automatically get uh, demonetized for, men- for mentioning it. Um, Lame. Yeah, it's it's probably the least of the YouTube problems right now. Um, so they unboxed everything. It's not the first unboxing that we've had. Atomic Mass Games actually did one themselves. Um, but it's kind of nice to see somebody else give some thoughts that's not connected to the company. Um, it's probably the best look at certain minis detail I've seen so far. Uh, they kind of spent a little bit more time looking at the actual minis, but they didn't look at each and every one of them because they kind of went back after they'd been built. Um, it does show off the fact that the iconography and stuff is sculpted, like I told you it was, because uh, you were like, how are you ever going to paint that spider thing? Right. Um, Jerry, which is one of the team, gives his thoughts on the models. He likes the models, but the instructions don't give part numbers, despite the sprues having numbers on the parts, which is frustrating, but not a deal breaker it's something to be wary of because it's probably going to add time to your building um it makes it slightly more frustrating than it needed to be i assume it's just an error that they've forgotten to include the numbers um whether it's because it's a pre-production or not i don't know if it was the actual retail copy or not but given that we're near approaching the end of october i'd doubt that it would be pre-production at this point uh, because they should have all of their stuff ready to go by now because they've got to ship it out, get ready for the release in, what, three weeks' time. But I'm still sold on this. I am going in heavy. I'm trying to get as much hobby as I can realistically get done, which is nowhere near enough at the moment. Who's the maker of this game? Is it Fantasy Flight? uh, Atomic Mass Games... um, is the actual company itself. They are an offshoot of Asmodi or okay. is it Fantasy Flight? Now, it might be Fantasy Flight, actually. I, th- I thought it was Fantasy Flight because they um, they just released Clone Wars. That's the next topic, but they just released Clone Wars and they are now doing their droids and Clone Wars in on sprues. Yeah. And and they have the numbers in the... Uh, booklet shelf to show the uh, book the, how to put together the droid. So it may have been a, a, a overlook on their part for protocol. Yeah. Do you want to head into Clone Wars then? Have you actually picked it? 
Yep. So I picked it up yesterday uh, after selling uh, $300 worth of old games that I did not sell at my store uh, a few months ago. I got $300 of store credit. So I bought two core sets and uh, I'm waiting for the, the next uh, set of expansions to come out over the next uh, few months. Uh, so I will be getting into uh, some more hobby time here in the future, putting together all the droids that I have. Uh, each squad of droids has nine droids in it. And that I, for a tournament legal list, I have to have four, uh, four squads. So yeah, I've got a lot of droids, just droids to put together. So, so you are looking for them then? Yes, I am looking for the droids. There we go. <laughs> I'm not sure that these are the ones you're looking for. They're definitely not the ones I'm looking for, but uh, yes. Look, the, I, I've, I've said this a couple of times now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking to play Legion, but the droids scream to me. They just look like a lot of fun. Um, but if they make the Gungans, I'm in. And it'll be fun to watch everybody cry because somebody's playing with the Gungans. So we were talking last night at, um, at my game. It'd be fun to have Ewoks come out as well. Oh, hell yes. Or, uh, oh, the, I don't know. Empire Rebellion set. There's probably an easier time building an army out of the Gungans because we've seen more of it. Yes. Um, whereas the Ewoks were kind of... It, I mean, it, it you like, we were joking Ewok. that it'd almost be like Skaven and Warhammer. You just have a horde of, of Ewok bears with uh, bows and arrows or, or slings. You know what? I'd still be in for that. I'm not sure it'd be as much fun on the tabletop as Gungans would be, though. Agreed. I think Gungans would be fun to, to play on the on the field. I'll tell you what. Let's see an Ewoks um, dungeon crawler. It, like um, the two Ewok movies that people hate talking about that aren't as bad as people say they are. I mean, they're not great, but they're not as bad as people say they are. Otherwise, do we want to move into some hobby talk? Yeah, I, I, I was trying to think of something with this Clone War Legion discussion you guys were having. I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just whelmed by it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that hobby. Dream blue, crying paint. Captain Socks. Yes. Yes. Actually, no, I think no, we're going to start with you. I have a feeling. Yeah, I, I think so too. So yes, uh, now that I just bought two sets of Clone Wars, uh, I've still got to finish painting my Empire and my Rebellion. Uh, but I have two full boxes of droids and clones, and droid cars and bark speeders and uh, General Grievous and a Obi Wan Kenobi to put together and paint. Uh, so my life is going to be uh, crazy, uh, trying to get everything together. And then uh, over the next few months, like I said earlier, uh, we'll get some more expansions. We'll get the uh, B2 droids, so the silver droids that are in the episode one and two. Uh, and then also uh, we'll get the phase two style troopers uh, for the clones. And then we'll get the big, huge tanks that we see in episode one that the drones or the droids uh, roll around in the Battle of Naboo. And then uh, the another tank that the, the clones drive around in. So once those come on board, yeah, I'll have a lot of stuff to uh, 
fill out my droid army, but then also a lot of stuff to work in hobby time. So uh, it's it's a so breaking process. news. Breaking news. Michelle is a turd bag. <laughs> I have more chocolate crayons again. Why do you think more I said we were starting with you? <laughs> is, is that why my girlfriend just comes running in like, oh, this came for you? Yeah, we've been talking behind your back while we were recording. <laughs> Y'all suck. <laughs> so for those that are wondering what's going on, George just received the most obnoxious looking Christmas wrapping paper that his partner could find. And uh, what do you have, George? What's that? I've <laughs> what is it that you've received, George? We obviously know because we helped. Um, two gold euro coins, and I'm assuming are chocolate. A uh, a twenty euro bill that I'm assuming is also chocolate, and and more shroop waffles, both full size and mini, to go with all the other shroop waffles that I was able to fit. Oh yeah, and of course chocolate crayons again. There, there, there they are. Because he's a marine, and all they know how to do is eat crayons. Because right, explaining well, I'm going to make sure uh, Casey gets that video uh, 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 saved and everything. We're going to upload it to the uh, the page so people get a spoiler of the episode before uh, the episode hits. We don't have a video. <laughs> uh, she recorded it. Oh, very good, Casey. Oh, nice. Awesome. So while he's dealing with that, do you want to finish your Clone Wars saga discussion? I'm guessing you were splitting it by the sound of it. No, I'm going to keep it all uh, my, myself. So uh, just because I've got a couple of boys uh, that are slowly getting into the hobby themselves. Uh, that okay, I can teach makes sense. Soon. And so I, I plan on keeping it all so that I can run a couple of games with them with, with every army. And then obviously if uh, they decide to like it enough when they come older, I can just say, here, happy birthday. Uh, here, here's what are you going to do with the doubles of the heroes? So I actually gave it to one of my friends, one of my coworkers who came out with uh, to play the game last night with my local group. And uh, he actually just bought into the game today. So uh, I gave him the, an extra set of heroes just to see if he was tempted to, to, to send out that fish hook and see if we would catch it. And he caught it and he's hooked now on the game. So nice. So yes, I will have plenty of, of miniatures to, to put together and paint because they're now on sprues. Like I said earlier, uh, they weren't just the solid cast and you just glue, glue the arms on and the head on. Uh, so it's a little bit more assembly for this go around for the clone wars, but I'm not too, too worried about that. Yeah. Nice. So my main thing over the last couple of weeks is I got to go to PAX Australia. So for those that don't know PAX, um, is actually pretty big in the US. Uh, it's a huge gaming convention with video games, board games, and tabletop games. Um, it's I would it's the biggest in Australia at this point. I would say. Um, I mean, CanCon is large, but that's more of a large tournament scene as opposed to a large convention. Um, I mean, there is a convention side of it, but that's more tacked on than anything else. Um, so. I actually, I spent time in, 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 in everything. I wasn't there all of the time that I could be like I have previous years because I had a D&D session on the Saturday night, so I had to leave early. Um, 
I actually sat down and had a game of Bushido. Uh, I spent time again at the Judgment booth, which is one of the things I was talking about last year. Uh, and I did actually pick up a couple of minis for Judgment this time. They're 54 mil scale orcs that I picked up just because I want to paint them. So I don't really see myself playing it. I mean, it looks like a fun game, but I, d- I just don't see myself playing it when uh, Super Fantasy Battle is on the way and I'd, it's a very similar aesthetic and I I think I just prefer the way that the other game plays. Um, what else did I do? I spent some time in, in the Nintendo booth because the Switch is awesome. Um, very disappointed that Untitled Goose Game was not there, though given that that company has literally made millions of dollars at this point out of nowhere, they probably didn't need to spend the money to go to PAX. Um, and, yeah. After playing my demo of Bushido, I have a new game that I want to play, even if there's it's nobody on Bushido. my side of Melbourne. Bushido, yeah. It's like it's a fantasy Japanese samurai game. Uh, yeah, it has um, been around for a while, it but it's one Donald of Roach Jr., one of the uh, 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 TT Combat hot guys uh, here in the U.S., um, the first episode of uh, uh, what is Zaircast, um, Command Value 1, uh, he was talking yeah. about how that was one of his favorite games, and it's what really got him into uh, tabletop mini gaming. So I don't the know why I remember really that well. fact, but <laughs> well, there is people in Melbourne that played. It. It's not a huge community, um, but the person that I met lives at least an hour and a half, if not two hours, away from me. So that would certainly add challenges to it. But for now, it's something that I'm going to buy to paint. And hopefully I can organize to get a game. It uses D6s, which is going to be a problem for me because D6s are trying to kill me. Um, Basically, you've got two different sets of dice. Uh, One is for your attack and the other is for defense. And so George and I are squaring off. We've got three dice each and we need to secretly pick what dice we're putting in what. So I may decide to be risky and put everything into attack. Um, George is going to put two in defense and one in attack. So maybe he gets lucky and manages to defend off my attack, but then he's got a dice of attack coming back at me that I can't defend against. Um, and everybody rolls at the same time. So it's, I've not really seen anybody do that yet. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Bushido's a game that I've kind of looked at the models for a long time but never actually brought in or done anything with it because I didn't know anybody that played, so what was the point? Um, I mean, I still don't know anybody that played other than the guy that lives too far away from me, but after having fun, I was like, no, nah, I need to at least buy something. Yeah, well, the only, ever, only other um, re- mention of the game I've ever heard has been from uh, fellow gaming podcasters. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happened to me on Friday, and for reasons that will become very obvious in a second, I'm not going to mention the company that I got them from, I received my Blood of the Phoenix box a full 24 hours before I should have. And yay for me. <laughs> um, 
And Unboxing outside video of YouTube influencers, I was probably one of the first in the world to get it. Um, YouTube influencers obviously will have got it early for obvious reasons, but we're not really in that category. Yeah, not yet. We are going to be. Yes. Well, so my question is, when is the the your unboxing video uh, going live then, Bruce? Um, because to us, I did pictures. I didn't actually end up doing the unboxing video because there's already three or four of them up there, and we wasn't really revealing any new information at that point. They'd gone up about two days before mine, before I received okay. mine, so I didn't bother recording it. Um. I have kept the Eldar side of it, so I have the brand new Howling Banshees and the brand new Jane's R. I have a Falcon Grav Tank and is it a Viper, the other one? Yeah, Viper. Uh, the Dark Elves, sorry, the Dark Eldar side of things, or the Drukari side of things, is currently on its way to Queensland somewhere because I split the box. On a side note, Bruce, I don't. Know, I may have a mule that might be able to get things to you occasionally for without paying shipping. Possibly. How would you get uh, it here without paying shipping? Uh guy, I know that I work with uh, is from Australia, and I think it might be your area, and I can't be a hundred percent certain for certain. Interesting. We'll have to discuss that. Yes. I don't know um, why otherwise. I just remembered that, but. <laughs> Are you looking forward to being uh, being able to eat crowns again? I know that you mean. I'm going to punch you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I will do stuff for you just for the ability to punch you. Um, actually, I did get well. I want to say I got a lot of hobby done, but I got I got I got a bit of hobby done. So last episode, I mentioned that I got some six millimeter by three millimeter, thirty millimeter magnets, like 150 of them for like ten bucks. They arrived. They were too thick. So I ordered some 6mm by 1mm. 100 of them for 10 bucks. I mean, I'm still getting really good prices here. Um, and they're too thin. So I did some searching and found 6mm by 1.5mm. Perfect. Perfect size. So I got magnets glued to all 60-some bases for my Fire Slayers. And then I put together... Um, six of the 60-some-odd Fire Slayers I have to put together, including Got Wreck. <laughs> nice. Um, I started putting together one of the uh, the, the, the Dragster from uh, the Speed Freaks box. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I, and I started, um, uh, again, working on trying to figure out how exactly I'm going to finish painting my fire slayer dragons uh the magma dross uh that i've got the cool nifty uh red yellow uh, uh red gold color shifting paint color on shifting. them yeah um so I, I didn't get as much done as i wanted to however i did get you know some of the necessary stuff done first you know i i got the magnets glued you got to get the magnets glued to the bases for the way i store my arms um I drilled out a couple of rivets for the red toolbox that I got for my Fire Slayer's transport so that the Magma Dross can fit in once they're assembled. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, and, and, um, Bruce, remember that stuff that you posted about the uh, Artie Station stuff? Yeah. 
And they had the two drawer system for storing, you know, the eyedropper and the 36 mil, you know, they were showing Tamiya paints, but you know, we'll hold the games workshop, you know, pots. Have you managed the same to get size. your hands on those before I did? I managed to get one ordered. Bastard. I just, every, every time, time I, I look, see my, every time I look to go and order some, they're out of stock. It's your fault. And, you stole and, them all. And, and and same same thing was happening to me. I would always go and look and always be out of stock. And just one time, I was just like, they're not going to have it. You know, what, what's the point? I'm whatever. I'm so I went and looked anyways, you know, and, you know, I didn't have any hopes. And they were in stock. And I and I, I, I was pooing myself and I was like, oh, my God, I have to get this. And so I ordered it. And um, it's still on its way. It's still on its way to the point that I do not have any tracking information other than it has shipped and it has left Korea. That's all I know. Given that it's coming via sea, it would be kind of hard to track us, but not impossible, but it would right. be difficult. Right. But I mean, it's like, you know, you know, I, I'm not getting any latitude or longitudinal updates. Um, I only ordered that one thing. Now, if you spend 50 bucks on the website, you do get free shipping. There wasn't anything else I wanted. I just wanted that one piece to replace the uh, one of my three drawer units to put that in there so I can triple my uh, GW pot storage because I still do have quite a bit of those, and I can't I can't get rid of them. I, I do I need those colors still. So it is what it is. So I've got one of those on the way. So I will have to somehow um, drill holes in the pieces so that they line up with the hobby zone stuff so that I can insert the magnets so it will be held in place uh, via magnets like the rest of the hobby zone stuff. And then I will have two drawers that can hold. It's three rows of paint like 10 across or something like that. So looking forward to that because that's, that's a substantial amount of paint storage for a little space. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons why I was going to go in that direction. I mean, to me, it's not a huge deal right now because I kind of need to get my desk built before I can venture too far anyway. Um, but at, at very minimum, I'm buying two of those, um, if not more. So, yeah. Yeah, see, I only got the one because that's all I really needed was that one. I just I needed a little bit more storage for uh, my GW pots. Um Unless it's something super specific, the the rest of my paints are going to be coming from Scale 75 or Green Stuff World at this point. Or Vallejo. Which, um, I did get my... Uh, what, what, what Aged White is the one that I, I found. Um, I was looking for an airbrush paint that was a similar um, color to Wraithbones so that I didn't have to have an aerosol can or a pot to brush it on with. Uh, aged White. Give me one second, I'll grab one of the pots. Okay. Yes, so it is aged white, uh, Vallejo model error, number is 71.132. Pretty damn near exact match to uh, Wraithbone. And it's for an airbrush, so boom. Um, Nice. Oh, and then you guys have seen the videos. um, And I I, I need to do a video of this to show it off because it is a little expensive. But I still think it is worth it. Um, I got my uh, little shaker in. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it perfectly, perfectly holds GW pots, perfectly, and it perfectly holds scale seventy five and Vallejo dropper bottles. It 
these guys, I, I need a message and be like, you're missing out. You can sell this to hobbyists. You can, you can sell this to them easily. You, you can increase your sales by saying, or shakes this kind of paint. I mean, the only thing I have paint wise that I cannot shake in this is my uh, Badger air primer because the bottle is too big. Not too bad for a little, uh, what's supposed to be nail polish shaker. Yeah, it's supposed to be a nail, nail polish shaker, and every single pot that I've thrown in that's been separated, uh, within one to two minutes of, you know, you know, you push a si- button and it goes for a cycle of one minute. With one to two cycles, the paint is fully mixed and ready to use. Um, I can't remember the silver the, the silver paint it was. Um, it's one of those where it actually has, like, m- metal flakes in it. I could not get it shaken by hand and, and restore it to silver. It sat so long. I stuck it in that for two cycles. Boom, silver coming out. Nice. So long story short, George actually hobbied a lot. More than you could say for me. I mean, I had two weeks off and barely did anything. I went to an event, though. Uh, except go to PAX. I mean, you, you did do yep. that. So. That was fun. All right. Well, let's get on to game talk, and I'm going to let you guys talk about that. Whatever we're talking about in game talk, some because I'm going to go eat some chocolate drink. (laughs) Talk nerdy to me. Oh my god, it didn't play twice. Yeah, I I turned the repeat button off. Yeah, that's why I thought I'd have a go. So, how was the Star Wars Legion? So it was good. So with. It'd be my coworker's first time ever playing the game. I and mean, he's played tabletop miniatures. He's played Mage Knight before. Uh, but it's been a while since he played a tabletop game. So I just pretty much gave it throughout the uh, the starter set uh, for the original uh, Empire Rebellion uh, core set with an additional squad of troopers. So he had he played the Empire, so he had Darth Vader as his commander, three squads of tor- stormtroopers with four troopers, uh, per squad, and then a couple of speeder bikes uh, on his side, and then I had Luke Skywalker on my side, three squads of Rebel Troopers, and an ATRT light clone walker uh, as my support unit on my side. And we set it up just a uh, basic down the both sides of the battlefield, uh, some terrain, uh, and just showed him mechanics. Uh, but it was good uh, for a while there. I thought he was gonna to win the game. Uh, not because of his tactics, but because his dice rolling was doing a lot better on mine. Uh, granted, stormtroopers don't shoot very well uh, in the game. They shoot the low, uh, a white D8 dice with very low hit uh, chances. Uh, but I was able to, but because I was in cover, it saved my troopers a little bit. But what really uh, solidified the game for me is I threw in Luke Skywalker and was able to attack three times with my lightsaber on Darth Vader and kill Darth Vader. And then the next turn turns kill off two full squads of stormtroopers by slicing them with his lightsaber. Uh, so it was a pretty fun game. Like I said, my coworkers hooked, he's bought in the core set, uh, and four expansions for the game. So I'm looking forward to, to playing an, another game with him here, here in the future and getting him spun back up on the, on the rules and everything, but it was a great game. Are my dice roll abilities starting to rub off on you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just been- All the way from Australia. I'm, I'm glad Bruce. they're not. I'm. I'm not. I'm glad they're not rubbing off on me. So. So so now we're talking about um, the Star Wars Legion game. Um, I, I want to address something that you know 
that kind of bugs me with some intellectual properties and and cinema and the hero effect. So yeah, in this game, you're you're talking. You know, you're playing with Luke Skywalker. Your your, your coworkers playing with with Darth Vader. How many times in the movies have we seen these guys as massive, unstoppable because they are the main character, and then everyone wants to play them in the game, and because of dice rolls. And to me, I almost think that you know some characters like that. Yes, they should be there in lore, but they should not be there on table. Actually, these days they're not in the meta of the game. Um, a lot of people are playing commanders like Jin Erso from Rogue One or um, Han Solo or even Leia. Uh, also on the Empire side, you got General Veers from the Battle of Hoth. That's that's he's been a very good commander on the Empire side. So Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, yes, at the beginning that was that was your only commander to be able to play at the time because they didn't have any others released uh, but they're not really the meta anymore because of how expensive they are they're darth vader is 200 out of your 800 points you build for your army luke skywalker is 160 points and then you have to add force abilities and other upgrades and so you could be looking at a 300 point darth if you fully upload them with force abilities before uh, you get anything else in your exactly before you get anything else into your army um so he's not really a meta so much um here soon, Fantasy Flight is releasing Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader as operative uh, options. So instead of them being a commander, they're more like an operative like Boba Fett or Chewie uh, is for your army, where they're going to be a little bit cheaper. Actually, Luke Skywalker is going to be uh, more expensive than his hero uh, because he's going to be full-fledged master of the Jedi for, uh, Force Luke. Uh, so at the end of Episode 6, in a sense, is is when that Luke is coming out, whereas the hero that you have is episodes four or five uh, Luke, where he's just learning the Force abilities that he's, that he's never known about. Um, so, it, it, I still, so, so does that mean Darth Vader is going to be cheaper because the life support in a suit will be failing and he'll be missing like an arm or hand? He, uh, he will be cheaper, and I think it's because he's going to be more like uh, episodes three and four in the game or in the in the series. Uh, where he's just become Darth Vader. He's not the Darth that we see in episode five or six. Oh, it'll be Wannikin Skywalker. Yes, it'll be a younger Darth Vader. So it'll, it'll be flip flopped. Um, so he won't have as much yeah, force. Yeah, w- Wannikin. Yep, exactly. Wannikin. So, so yeah, we got it. It's funny, damn it. It's funny. <laughs> So, but uh, with, like I said, Legion coming out, uh, the next two leaders for the clones and the droids. Uh, right now, you got General Grievous uh, for the droid army, but soon they're going to be releasing Count Dooku uh, as their new commander for the droids. And then right now, you got Obi-Wan Kenobi for the clones, but soon to have Captain Rex uh, as a clone trooper. He's going to be your next commander that's going to be released here in the next few months or so for, the, for that era of the game. Nice. Um, I guess the benefit of the Marvel game in your hero argument is that they're all the heroes, so it kind of balances that quote-unquote issue out. I'm not right. sure and, and that makes, makes sense because the there's been time. some episodes where – or not episodes, issues where – you know, Spider-Man didn't win. You know, Green Goblin had the victory of the day and you had to tune to the next issue for Spider-Man to get his act together and and make a comeback. Yeah. You know, it, there, that, there's always that, that, that yeah. struggle in the balance. Exactly. You know, well, 
you can you can argue only to a certain extent that that's happened in Star Wars. Yeah, they blow up the first Death Star. Now they're running and hiding on a frozen planet, and then Luke loses his hand, and Han Solo is captured, and then you know that movie ends, and they come back for Return of the Jedi. And sure, you can kind of argue that, but it's, it's to me, it's not the same effect. I also want to point out, just because I'm being an idiot, that um, Luke Skywalker never becomes a master of the Force because he quits his training halfway through. You're right. According to the storyline in the movie, you're right. But uh, in the game, they've added he's got three force abilities instead of the normal two that he has uh, as the commander. So they've given him that third option. The extended law used to point out how he um, mastered it himself, basically. The the force guided him. But that that extended universe doesn't exist anymore. So he never mastered his GED. But then, according to the new movies, he's still the master anyway. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to stop being an idiot. Um, the only real major Don't game I? I had was the Pseudo one, which, I mean, I could talk in more detail, but I kind of discussed the mechanics ideas that I liked already. So I don't think I really have any other game talk personally. Um, hmm. Well, this is awkward then. Um, um hmm. Jason. Yes. Did I ever actually get around to doing my yanking the Bruce where I was asking you guys what the most dangerous animal was in Australia? Yes, you, you asked me that, and I can't remember what it was. Okay. I said a never mind. jellyfish. No, no, no. It was something else. No, no. That's okay. I, I, I just I, I remember actually, if I did. I just thought of one to do for you, though. So um, there's got to be something else we can talk game talk wise. What? What? Hmm. Let's see here. Man, I've got nothing. Literally nothing. Let's call it then. It's been a good episode. The, I, are you sure? It's been... I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I, just, I feel like we're, we're, we're missing something for this episode. Um, I just... Oh, I, I, I do have something funny to share, though. Um, so I think it was episode 12 and a half, or maybe it was 12, uh, talked about the, uh, the the doubles tournament that I went and played in with my Space Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the former owners of the game store, uh, he made some terrain uh, with the, the blue foam insulation. Captain Sox, I'm sure you're very familiar with that foam insulation. Yep. Well, he, he made some some terrain mountains on it. Uh, line of sight blocking for Imperial Knights, even. So this is some some tall stuff. And he was making it look kind of like ice and everything, because there's like a, a, a snow terrain, you know, mat for, for the for you know the tabletop game. So he was he, he was trying to make it look like snow and ice. And so he was using this contrast paint to do this. And he's like, Oh my god, this looks really cool. And so he just kept painting and ran out of a pot so he got another pot and he finished one piece of terrain and then he started going on a second piece and blew through two more pots and he looked and he still had like eight more terrain pieces to paint and so he was at walmart at one in the morning trying to find a cheaper solution to uh get these painted up in the next couple days for the tournament instead of buying out the store's entire stock of that particular blue contrast paint to uh finish them I'm currently watching you unboxing. <laughs> it is a good video. I have to agree there, Bruce. 
<laughs> you guys are watching this. Where where is this? Oh, it's on our secret yeah. chat that we've had. It's on our last, secret chat that we were talking behind months. your back in. <sighs> I'm gonna go cry now. And there we go, telling Michelle that he's a whatever he said. Ah, uh, that was fun. All right, well, make sure that gets on the uh, the uh, the uh, the Facebook page so everyone can see it because that didn't happen last. Oh, time. I will. Well, it did. It just didn't happen. It took too long. Um, there's really got to be something else we can... Huh. And I'm sitting here watching a video of a dog the size of a horse. The horse isn't that big. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'll I, have I, to get it to send it to me directly. Yeah. What? Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you yeah, for listening to us. We'll, we'll, let's do well, this then real quick because I have Yanking the Bruce. Bruce, why did they change the name of Count Dooku to Count Dukan for the Portuguese release of the Star Wars? Uh, from memory, Dooku actually means something rude in their language. Wasn't Dooku like feces or something? Um, it, it, the 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 loose translation was the actual act of taking a poo. So his <laughs> name was literally yeah. translating into Count taking a poo. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. Well, dang it then. Um. Hmm. Except for that last couple minutes there, where we're sitting there going, "Hmm, yeah. Um, hmm, yeah." Yeah, please yeah, edit not that. Not a bad out. episode. <laughs> yeah, I may actually have to edit that out. Um, I don't. I can't think of anything else. Uh, we need covered anything there, uh, socks or Bruce? No, I'm good. Just uh, have fun eating your crayons over there. You know, you. I can travel to where you are at a lot easier and punch you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you, you are a solid day's drive away. Don't don't. <laughs> Don't test me. Merry Christmas, Marine. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Actually, that's how Santa Claus described George. Oh, happy so. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday there, Marine. So thank you again, you guys, for listening. Uh, please share this around with the people that you think will enjoy our content. Um, you can find us on Facebook by searching getting tabled um our website is getting tabled.weebly.com our twitter is at getting tabled um our youtube needs more content but is also getting tabled and we need to work on getting our patreon up and running sometime soon um thank you for listening um try not to roll bruces and play more games Play more games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Awesome. There's an hour before I have to go to work. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> We've been planning that for over a well for a while, but the when we're going to deliver that, we were still trying to figure that out. It's like no, 
when he stops talking, bring it in. 